Welcome, ankle biters. You've stumbled on the Far Fires Far Fetched Fables, the home of tall tales, old chestnuts, fish stories, and other unassorted yarns. We mostly cater to the young'uns here, but you grown ups can have a listen too. If you have a mind to, tap on the follow button on your podcast app or find us on the Facebook. In the meantime, turn off the TV, put down the cell phone, get yourself a glass of warm milk, and settle in for some old-time storytelling. Tonight's episode... Chapter 6. The Little Blue Ox. In addition to the stories of his great logging feats in Maine, there are also several interesting things told about Paul Bunyan at this time, which are conducive to a clearer understanding of his exceptional powers and show his remarkable ability for doing big things in a big way. For instance, he could ride logs through water which ran so fast that it would tear in two any ordinary man who might try to drink of it. It is said of him also that he was the greatest log roller that ever wore cocked boots. A favorite lumberjack sport is rolling a log. A man stands on a big log afloat in the water and starts turning it with his feet, keeping his feet going so fast that he is always on top and standing safely upright, no matter how fast he gets the log whirring underneath him. Paul Bunyan could roll a log so fast that it made foam on the water solid enough for him to walk ashore on, and he is known to have crossed wide rivers in this way. Not all of this foam which he thus caused has disappeared to this day, and occasionally small bits of it may still be seen floating down many streams after a heavy rain. As a whitewater man, though, probably the greatest and hardest task which Paul ever had was when he pulled a big raft of logs upstream over Niagara Falls. He came very near losing out several times on this adventure, but he stuck to it as only he could do and eventually succeeded, as usual, in finishing what he had started. He was nearly fagged out, however, for a few minutes afterwards. Along with his hard work, the great logger enjoyed a little sport now and then. Best of all, he liked to hunt, and no one has ever equaled him as a hunter. He had a rifle that would kill game farther away than the average man could travel in a week, and he had invented a shotgun so powerful that it would kill wild geese so high in the air they would spoil before they could fall to the ground. He had a great deal of trouble that way until he hit on the idea of putting salt on his shot, which preserved the birds as they fell and allowed them to get to the ground while they were still fit for food. Once, when Paul was out hunting, he spotted a deer five miles or so away, sticking its head over a fallen tree, and taking careful aim with his trusty rifle, he fired at it. The deer disappeared. But to his great surprise, a second later, it stuck its head into view. My aim must be getting poor, grumbled Paul as he rubbed his eyes, and then he let drive at the animal again. To his even greater astonishment, 
the deer's head had no more than dropped out of sight from his second shot than it lifted up in the same place again. The exasperated hunter kept on firing, and each time the strange performance was repeated, the deer bobbed up into view again after each shot. He had only 28 cartridges, and he fired them all. It was not until he had used his last one that the deer's head went down and stayed out of sight. Well, I got him at last, but that was certainly poor shooting, Paul muttered to himself as he walked ahead and picked up the carcass of the animal. He was feeling very badly over his poor marksmanship, as was quite natural, since he was always before able to hit whatever he aimed at, no matter how poor the shooting conditions were. One can imagine how surprised he was, and how reassured, when he looked behind the fallen tree and found twenty-eight dead deer there, every one with a bullet hole exactly between the eyes. The whole herd had taken turns at peeping over the deadfall, and Paul had thought it was that the same animal had reappeared each time. When he got back to camp, he sent the little chore boy out to bring in the game, which he was able to do in one load, and that evening for supper, the crew enjoyed a feast of fresh venison. The remarkable thing about the whole proceeding is that the number of cartridges which Paul had with him should so have exactly coincided with the number of deer in the herd. Mm, yes, what a coincidence. It was while Paul Bunyan was logging in Maine that he secured Willie, the little blue ox, from a farmer. The great logger happened by chance to see the calf, and he was at once greatly attracted to him because the young animal was exactly the color of Babe. He quickly hunted up the farmer and asked him what price he wanted for the blue calf. Sell him, exclaimed the farmer, while I'll be more than glad to give him away. He's a great eater, that calf is. He eats down 40 acres of hay in a day since he was weaned four days ago and then doesn't have enough. My farm is only a section, and as only a quarter of it is hay, I've been able to feed him only for four days. If I keep him over until tomorrow, I'll have to buy a new farm. So if you want him, stranger, just take him along, and I won't charge you a cent. Paul was delighted and at once got the calf out of the pasture, put a rope around his neck, and started leading him back to camp. The poor calf was underfed when the new master got him, but he soon recovered. As it happened, Paul had long ago taught Babe to eat pine branches or needles or any other green stuff that he could be found plentifully in the woods. And just as soon as he got Willie, he set about teaching the young animal to acquire the same taste. The little blue ox was so hungry that he learned almost instantly and Paul walked very slowly on the way back to camp, allowing the calf to browse along as they traveled. The animal kept eating so fast and so much as he went along that every time his new master looked back, Willie had grown two feet taller. When they got to camp, the little blue ox was put into a specially built barn with a great mass of pine branches in the manger to keep him contented. During the night, however, the calf continued to grow, and the next morning he was found several miles away, 
grazing about with the barn perched on his back. Paul had great expectations for Willie, intending to yoke him up with Babe when he should get his full growth. The little blue ox was quite a disappointment, though, and he was never much of a service on account of his great love for flapjacks. He was never willing to work any distance away from the cook shanty, and every chance he got, he would spend his time standing with his head through one of the shanty windows and bothering the cooks to distraction, ready to gobble up any stray flapjack that might wander by. His master was never able to cure him of this strange passion, and it was ultimately the cause of his sad death later on. Through several years, it is not exactly known how many, Paul Bunyan continued his logging operations in Maine, establishing camps here and there as his work was done in different districts. He was always inventing and trying out new tools, and he finally had Ole, the smith, make for him a great cross-cut saw with a blade long enough to reach three miles. Paul was very eager to try out his new invention, for he hoped that it would cut down trees faster than all his other tools together. When he tried using it, however, he found it unsatisfactory. Maine is a very mountainous state, and as everyone knows, with hills almost everywhere, and when Paul tried using his big saw there, he found that it would only cut the timber on the tops of the hills, leaving that in the valleys untouched. Most of the best timber had been cut in Maine anyway. And so he began to long for a change of scene, some new level land where the trees grew big and close together and where he would have ample opportunity for giving a fair test to his latest invention. It was about this time that certain things occurred which gave him the chance to carry out his ambition. The king of Sweden had just driven all the good farmers out of that country, and a senator from North Dakota wanted all the fine upstanding timber cleared off the whole state, and probably off of all of South Dakota as well, so as to make room for the Swedish farmers and attract them there with rich, free, ready-cleared farmland. He had heard of Paul Bunyan's great work in Maine, and so he asked him to do the job. Paul accepted the contract, and that is how he came to log off the Dakotas, doing the job all in one winter and causing those states to become the great treeless plains which they now are. And that's all there is to Chapter 6. But the story continues on the next rip-roaring installment of Firefire's Firefetched Fables, coming to you on this here podcast channel. If you like these stories, tell your friends how to join the fun and send us your comments on the Facebook page. Sweet dreams, you little buggers. Far, far.